eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If it sounds like I'm smiling, I am. I'm smiling for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of them I'll get to in a minute. The The first reason is, is that I'm excited. As a, a Chicago Bulls fan, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, growing up watching games with my grandmother, I'm really excited about the Last Dance documentary. And I'm, I'd like to take a minute before I get into my excitement level on it to just thank the people at ESPN And I don't mean the network necessarily. I mean the people that are finishing this documentary. This wasn't supposed to be done until June. The idea was that you would roll right into the end of the finals. And then you'd have this. And I know what they were thinking. They were like, well, we're going to have a basketball audience. Everyone wants to know about the history of Michael Jordan. We're going to get that history out and people are going to be able to enjoy it. And I, the, the amount of work that had to go into getting this ready two months earlier. And I know that they've had the footage for 20 years. I I get that. But to, to present a final product and to then kind of be rushed into getting the final product to the public because the public needs something and the network needs something for their ratings and all of that stuff. As a fan, I'm really, really excited about this. And there's a couple things that I want to learn in watching this. Now, I had a very brief opportunity to cover that team. It was the beginning of my career. I honestly didn't know what I was doing other than whatever I was being told to do. At the time, I was working at Channel 9 as a field producer. So my job was to go out and get sound and hold, basically hold a microphone for our photographers at Channel 9. And it was great. I had Ike Isaac. I used to go out with Ike Isaac quite a bit back in the day. And that was an experience in itself. But that was what, what I was meant to do that year. I'm not there to ask questions yet. I don't really have any standing or stature. I was just a, a kid. Just a 22-year-old kid thrust into one of the biggest sports stories in the world. I do remember the one time that I got Jordan to stop. He was in his Ferrari and we were outside the Birdo Center and I want to it was during the championship rally and he, 
I got my microphone like into the window. And usually what he would do is he'd roll out the window. People would back off. And then he'd go. Well, I wasn't smart enough to pull the microphone back. So he stopped and he answered some questions. Not mine because I wasn't asking any. But I remember that. That was pretty cool. And I remember going up to the Birdo Center a lot when I was working as a field producer. Because you need extra bodies. And I was getting paid, so that was pretty great. Getting paid to go cover the the greatest player that the world has ever seen. So I'm excited to see all the stuff that I didn't know. Because looking back on it, I can tell you that if I were five years older, or I shouldn't say older, if I was five years more experienced, I would have known what to look for and kind of how to do the job. But I wasn't. I was fresh out of college. I had just started at the score as a part-time producer. So that's what I was doing. I was working during the week at the score and then on the weekends over at Channel 9. And whenever they, like, honestly, whenever they called, because at the time I think they were paying like $15 an hour. And the score was not paying $15 an hour. I don't know. The score is still paying $15. Anyway, they asked me to come do something and I come running and I got a chance to do that. And it was great. So now let me get to the part that I want to find out tonight. I am very much looking forward to this documentary for a lot of reasons. I know a lot of the backstory on Jordan and what that season was like from people that I worked with at the time. And subsequent stories that I've heard from people in media as I've kind of moved up and around Chicago media. I've gotten a chance to hear a bunch of these stories. I ask for these stories. I want to hear these stories. But what I'm interested in as a consumer, and if I can put my old, I guess it wouldn't be the fan hat, but I'm interested in finding out how good of a coach was Phil Jackson. Here's what I mean. He's got all the rings. But the Bulls were almost set up like a football team. They were set up where you have this head coach that was kind of the CEO, in my opinion. And I might find out that I'm wrong about this, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'd like to, if that's the case, I'd love to be like, oh, yeah, I'd totally botch that. But you had a situation where you had Tex Winter acting as the offensive coordinator for the Bulls and Johnny Bach acting as the defensive coordinator for the Bulls. These are two legendary coaches. Like, in their own right, Tex Winter and Johnny Bach are Hall of Fame coaches. And you had Jim Clemens on that staff, too. Great coach, too. So I I know that when I think about Phil Jackson, the coach, I honestly don't even think about him on the court. I think about him on the plane. I think about him in press conferences. I think about him giving books to everyone. I think about him being able to manage egos and manage personalities. And if that's what we end up getting at the end of this, that Phil Jackson was excellent at managing people, cool. I'm good with that. But if we find out that he was more than that, that he was just as great of a tactician as Tex Winter was, or Johnny Bach was, cool. That would be something that I wasn't expecting. But that's what's on my mind. Like, I look at that and I go, man, I can't wait. I want to see what those 
if there if there is a a part of it where they're going through game plans and what does Phil add? Does he know how to fall back and let his players kind of walk through what it is that they're going to do? Like, that's what I'm into. I'm so into this stuff that to get ready for this podcast, like I, I was reading something that Jack Silverstein put out on Twitter. I was going back through the archives and I found an absolute gem. Tex winner talking about the triangle offense in 1952 when he was the head coach of Kansas State. He put out a film, because there was no video, a film of him talking about offense. And it's so charming and quaint and the birth of one of the best offenses in the NBA's history, considering how successful it was with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Bill Cartwright and Bill Winnington and Luke Longley, like all the people that played center for the Bulls during that that era. You you got to check this out. This is Tex winner in 1952, courtesy of the Kansas State Athletic Department, explaining offense and the triangle. <laughs> I'm Tex Winter, head basketball coach at Kansas State University. You know the team that's well-conditioned and well-drilled in the fundamentals of the game, such as passing, dribbling, shooting, footwork, and running, is a mean opponent. I'd like to share with you what takes place in the Kansas State practice session. These things, of course, have resulted in several championships at our school. After a player tips, we insist that he be ready to go back up for a second effort. This second effort in the game of basketball is of utmost importance. Tall men like Boozer spend hours on the hook shot. Arm extended. Release the ball with a twist of the forearm and hand. Meanwhile, guards and smaller forwards work at the double bounce drill. Looks like horseplay. To hit from anywhere, takes long practice. Our sharpshooter is Wally Frank. Now to the Kansas State basic offensive patterns. We name our offensive series according to the side of the floor we're operating on. The ball side being the strong side. The triangle is formed between forward two Guard one, who has now moved to the corner, and center five, who forms the apex of the triangle. Sideline triangular series. Now let's see the Kansas State team execute the options off this series. Pass to forward two. Now to center five. Flip to guard one, coming out of corner. Number two executes a quick pass to number three at the top of the circle. This is called our number two pass play. It affords three the opportunity for an outside shot, jump or set, or if the shot is not available, he immediately looks to weak side forward four, who moves to a pinch post position. Three passes to four and executes a quick outside cut. The weak side forward second option, shoot the goal himself. Repeat action. Watch his footwork in freeing himself for the pass and then for the shot. Well, that's it. 
I hope I threw a few pointers your way that'll help your team out pass, out shoot, out dribble, and out last your opponents. Good luck to you. So that was phenomenal. And hearing the the fight song and the the way that it was produced was just delightful. But that's the history of this. That the history of of the the Bulls goes all the way back to Kansas State basketball in the 1950s. And with with guys like Tex like Tex Winter like I I can't even stress to you Tex Winter is a legend. And when you see some of the, the footage that they'll have, you'll see Johnny Bach talking defense with the guys. Not that they, either one of those guys couldn't coach the other thing. They were both accomplished overall coaches. But Johnny Bach is the guy that came up with the Dobermans when the Bulls would press other teams because they were so long and athletic and smart and understood how to get into passing angles and, and, and disrupt offenses before they could even get into the front court. Understand that you are seeing some coaching dominance along with playing dominance. That's all I want you to, to, to take out of this. To know that, that when we get there, you're going to see those, those two guys in particular doing a lot of coaching. And I want to know how much actual X and O coaching did Phil Jackson do. And again, if he didn't do that much, that's fine because he if he were the CEO, some people... It's one of the things I love about Joe Madden. I feel like Joe Madden is his superpower has always been his ability to handle people. And that's clearly something that Phil Jackson was good at. But I mean, come on. So that's what I'm looking for. So I when I, I'm planning on doing a little something on Loho Daily after parts one and two run tonight, I am going to watch the uncensored version. Because I want all of the the f- and the s*** sh- and the m***s that I can get my hands on. I'll talk to you later on. Thanks for listening to this.